welcome to Bunta Vista episode 59. We're coming to you live from an underground fight club. That's <laughs> right. Uh, Ben's over there with his little book. He's right, nods into it. He's taking bets. Uh, and I am standing here just behind Theo, who's on a stool. I'm rubbing his shoulders and I'm trying to get him psyched up for what's about to happen. I'm going to be honest, folks. He doesn't look confident. <laughs> How are you feeling about it, Theo? Yeah, not great. Uh, not sure about my odds, really. I think it's probably it's probably fifty fifty. Um, I kind of, I am really zoning in, picturing like the the punch being thrown and me just like very lively, uh, ducking under them, just um, dancing out of the way. Yeah, I mean, I figure if they can't if they can't hit me, they can't hurt me. Um, so I'm going to go with that theory. Yeah, no, that's fair. Um, have you thought very far in advance about what happens if they do hit you? Oh. <laughs> Ooh. Oh shit. Ooh. It's not uh, going to work out for me. My goodness. Uh I am Andrew. Hi. I'm just I'm telling you guys. Are you hey, sorry. <laughs> Oh, this is never tell who it is. We need to like you. to invent a special kind of hello where we very declaratively make it clear if this is going to the audience or to us. Yeah. Uh, to to use hello. Hey man, what's up? Uh, oh nothing much. Just living <laughs> life. Um, just uh, just did the whole bedtime routine with the kids because apparently my wife has left me to join a choir. Huh. Hmm. Probably not permanently. I yeah. I think she might have just. She comes back from the choir. It's probably goes, tonight. Yeah, I would say. This well, is the like first time she's gone, deal. so I don't know. Huh. I don't know. I am currently like a dog whose owner has gone to work, you know. Okay, it's separation ex- anxiety. Hmm. Oh, oh, man. And kennel cough. Tell you what, uh, George, is, George is in Sydney at the moment. Uh, and uh, I lived by myself for about six years. Perfectly fine. We've been living together now for maybe six months. And Which would make you six years old in six months. It, go to hell, <laughs> but correct. Yes. Uh, and uh, I, I don't like it. Hmm. I'm not a fan. Hmm. Uh, it's very cold in a bed mm-hmm. alone by yourself. I can probably come in, like, come and tuck you in after this episode if you like. Well, you don't generate any body heat because your body is too small. No, that's uh, what the sheets be... are for. <laughs> well, yeah, but you have to get the heat in there. If you've got another person in there, the heat comes up twice as fast. Yeah, that's true. I don't want to rely on my own body heat. You tuck yourselves in, you snuggle up, you generate warmth like penguins. You know, it's just like in the movie The Matrix when Morpheus mm-hmm. says mm-hmm. the human body generates something something BTUs of something something. Uh, yeah, slightly more than two AA batteries, I think he says. Mm. Yes. Uh, that's enough to heat a bed for 20 minutes. Well, I only need it to get warm. I will keep it warm. The blankets will keep it warm. I just, I don't think any of you understand what I'm trying to say is that I need somebody in there to get the bed hot. Well, I don't understand because I can guarantee it's like fucking 25 degrees where you are anyway. How cold can you be? Okay. So, <laughs> fuck. It is <laughs> quite warm here generally. The nights, they're getting down to what, Theo? Seven or eight degrees maybe? Yeah, yeah. we had a couple down to like three or four, which is nice. Wow. Weirdo. But my house, I've, I've surely spoken about this on the podcast. And there is holes everywhere. The house is mostly whole. Well, you've really moved up in the world from a ramshackle apartment full of geckos with windows you couldn't close. Yeah, you couldn't seal that place either. I've never, in living memory, lived in a place that you could completely seal from the atmosphere outside it. Well, I see why why you want to stay up north. I see why you want to stay in a place um, where it won't get cold enough to kill you. So you don't think the fact that I haven't lived in a sealed house has something to do with the climate that I'm in. You also believe that if I go down south, I will also find an unsealed house to live in. Yes, I think as far as cause and effect goes, I think it's I think <laughs> it's a pretty it's strong first. line here. Yeah, fair <laughs> enough. I was uh, reading a thing about the the heat in Europe at the moment. It's hot. Apparently, it's going to be like forty five degrees in like Spain and Portugal and shit like that. Man, that's uh, a hot one. Which is <sighs> it's, it's like seven inches from the midday sun. Yeah. Sounds like it. Well, yeah. I guess this is what passes for comedy for you guys. Is that it? I don't remember laughing, Ben. Is it funny to you that people are going to die in a heat wave? <laughs> Jesus Christ. 
Jeez. He's got you there. Very <sighs> insensitive. Bloody hell. Uh, that is approaching an all-time high for high temperatures in Europe. And um, apparently hey, just for... all-time high? Are we talking about my life? <laughs> hmm. Hmm. Yeah, but I hear people are dying. The room is split on that one. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, apparently it's like um, it's uh, sort of 25 degrees above what it normally is Ugh. at this time of year. It's that normally about 20. Very there. high. That's a lot more. See, the thing I've been thinking about lately is like what... Um, what kind of like crude mob justice do you think will start being unleashed um, when the worm of public opinion actually turns on climate change, which it is doing like incredibly quickly, right? Like there's only so many 45 degree days you can sit through and go, hmm, maybe, maybe something's wrong here, right? So like what happens then? What happens with Ooh. like, you know... Did you, uh, did you see that video from The Onion? The... Uh Oh, the weatherman. The, the weatherman thing? Yeah, yeah, it's good. Yeah, yeah. I believe that's what's going to happen. Uh, but, uh, yeah. I, we don't have that video queued up, so if you want to pause and Google Onion, the, the onion weatherman, weatherman. I don't. Oh, you, yeah. you mean you mean other people. You mean the people listening. Yeah. If they want to pause, right. Yeah, I thought again, you were talking I'm to me, and I was like, yeah, no, I can't, yeah, we're recording. I can't just pause it. Mm. Jeez. Jeez. But yeah, Onion Weatherman, go for it, folks. Mm. Yeah, but that's what's going to happen. Uh, and I can't wait. Oh, I thought it would be, like, more thematic, like, um, we'll drag, you know, and this is not a threat. I mean, just, just for Ben's security, because it you're is his name about legally. A hypothesis. That's right. But, like, I do believe that, you know, let's say uh, Josh Frindenberg will be dragged out of his house and put in a large boiling vat. Um, I was thinking we could maybe uh, string, well, no, I don't know. <laughs> Let me rephrase that. I was thinking what could possibly happen <laughs> was that Greg Hunt could be uh, strung up by his feet uh, in front of Parliament House uh, and then people would throw rocks at him. Hmm. Interesting. They used to put people in like big bulls and then set like big, big metal bulls and then set a fire under that. And that could happen. What and that could saying? happen. I'm not saying it should. No. Uh, I'm not saying... What's the, one, what's the one that they used to put in the butthole? The pear thing? <laughs> uh, I believe that's. Um, it's got a little tail attached. Hmm. Sometimes a fox tail. <laughs> sometimes a rabbit tail. <laughs> so, throwback to the, is, uh, so throwback to the bonus episode. Are you talking about those um, the butt plugs that have the, the furry things on them? The I believe so. The, mm. the, the tails and such, yeah. No, wait, Ooh. that might just be a throwback to our Facebook chat. We did no, fursonas no, we, on the, we were on talking the show. About fursonas. So Ben, what is what is your fursona? Oh yeah, we didn't get into this. Oh, mm. I, I didn't actually. So I didn't listen to all that episode because I'm a very busy man. Uh, I <laughs> I thought you might have picked one for me, and I was excited to find out who I was. Uh, and now I'm very disappointed that you oh. didn't even really think of me while I was gone. And uh, I want to say like maybe maybe Snagglepuss or something. Like he's pretty chill. I think of myself as a pretty chill customer. Hmm. Um, I would I like to up. think of myself as... Um, I, so, I know this isn't real. The, the <laughs> science or whatever has disproven the existence of this thing. But uh-huh. I love, I'm love. i obsessed with the idea of it. The You know, that the loneliest whale in the world? That oh, I, yeah, yeah. Th- that supposedly they had... Just had swims around, around the globe. Yeah, and they they recorded whale song from it, and they believed, that, or someone had extrapolated from the fact that it was singing on a completely different frequency to what blue whales usually sing at, uh, that it hmm. couldn't communicate with other whales. But it turns out it just sings weird, and the other whales can hear it, and it can hear other whales. So, uh, yeah. so, so it's, like the, it's <laughs> like the Morrissey of the ocean. Yeah, they thought there was something special the happening. Morrissey of the this, ocean. Do <laughs> you think if you said it again, it was going to get more traction? <laughs> I think me letting out my breath was enough of a response. <laughs> yeah, they thought this was the loneliest whale in the ocean because none of the other whales could hear it, but they can hear it and they're just not into it. Mm. Just yeah. not into it. Just it's like annoying. the Morrissey of the ocean. Well, Is that look, good? on the bright side, on the bright side for that whale, <laughs> it's going to wind up getting cooked in the boiling waters of the ocean as climate oh, change Jesus. consumes us all. Um, I just... Breeze them right past that, Ben. <laughs> okay. 
All right. Oh, God. Do we have to stop and break something down? Or can I go on with my segue? Uh, I was going to do a segue. I think we've got a lot of show to do. Oh, yeah, I think we'll just... Yeah. Uh, Keenian <laughs> listeners. <laughs> Fucking... You're an actual beast. Hmm. Wait, I don't know why you're talking about Andrew that way. Yeah, me okay. or Theo. Theo. Anyway. Um, yep, let's keep going. <clears throat> That's right. That whale is going to get boiled in the hot waters of the ocean. Speaking... Of people who are in hot water. Uh, Good old friend of the show, Michaela Cash. Michaela Cash is in some trouble. She's had that uh, that investigation going for a while. If you were to go back through our archives and find the episode, which I do not know the number of, where we discussed this in detail. Or the name. Or the name. I'm not giving you that much info. Was it Cash Me Outside? Did we call it that? God, I hope (laughs) hope not. I hope we didn't. (laughs) Uh, mm, I hope not. I hope not. What if it but, turns um, out we did? Oof, embarrassing. Yes. There was the whole whole saga from, I guess, the end of last year of the the AWU raids, which were very obviously um, tipped off to the media by Michaelia Cash's office, um, to to the police and the media and all that sort of shit. Look, I don't um, care if this is defamatory, but I'm going to say it. I believe yeah. they were tipped off by Michaelia Cash herself, and she just did a silly voice. Yeah. Well, she's already got a very silly voice. Oh, look, I don't think oh, that's it's a bit. Mm, yeah, it's a bit much. Just, hmm. I didn't even say anything about her hair. How can it be? Oh, Jesus oh. Christ. <laughs> all right. All right. I'm getting out of there. I'm getting out of there. Um, so so <laughs> the, all of that has been ongoing for ages, for a very long time. And um, I believe it was, I want to say it was Alice Workman from BuzzFeed who broke that story. Because You're she breaks, certainly goddamn right it was. She breaks every relevant story in Australian politics now. I don't know what the fuck everybody else is doing, but Alice Workman's doing all the work, man. And mm. <laughs> really regretting this episode. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't um, have time to record another one. We're stuck with this. Yeah, that's it. It's one take, baby. One take. And it's been going on for hundreds of days after the police said, ah, we will quickly establish the facts and then conclude our investigation. Uh, And instead it went on for like most of a year. And they have finally recommended um, that the the Department of Public Prosecutions look into it. Dun dun. It's a law and order noise. Now, Theo, you Hmm. are a lawyer specializing in Australian criminal prosecution. Uh Uh-huh. Could you tell us what the significance of it being uh, referred to the... Uh, the DPP. The DPP is? I believe um, we cannot comment on matters pertinent to ongoing case, Ben. I don't think you well, work for that office, so that... It's probably fine for you to comment on it. I think yeah, you, you should just go for it. I, don't, I really, really don't want to risk <laughs> speculating on that at this time. Hmm. Well, Theo's just slipped me a note, and the note says... Ooh. Um, that it seems like for the police to have referred that, that they think that there has possibly been criminal conduct involved worth laying some charges against. Oh, see, to me, it seems like when there's an open and shut case uh, and all those involved are innocent of all charges and it's all just a bunch of, uh, just a bit of a witch hunt, um, that it that it takes a hundred or more days uh, and eventually gets uh, referred up the masthead. My understanding of an open and shut case is you open the case. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You wait a hundred or however many days. <laughs> yep, go and on. And you keep it open and then you pass the case to a higher authority. Hmm. To shut it. Yeah, can yes. someone shut this thing for me? <laughs> I wish I knew how to shut cases. Can't get it shut. I'm great at the opening part. It- I am top notch at the opening part. Best in the department. Sidebar. Are they, when they say an open and shut case... Yeah. Are they just describing what a briefcase is? You open it and you shut it. Um, is that what the expression refers to? Is that what they're talking about when they refer to a brief? Yep, because it's a brief case. And it, go- it goes in the case. And it's an open and shut. It's an open and shut case. case. So, no, I think so they're referring to the, the, they open the case and then they close the case. Well, I'm assuming... And then they shut it. Yeah, but what, I'm, what I think they're referring to is that they, they open the case and they get the brief out give it to the judge and they go slam dunk bitch and then they just shut their case and the judge goes damn he's probably right wraps the gavel and it's done 
That's how that's how the judge knows that you've probably got it all locked down if you immediately shut your case. Which was pretty much what happened in this case. Not the same case. This is the case in a different <laughs> term that we were talking about briefly not, before. Not the brief case. God, imagine Which if we were talking about this and we didn't know anything about law. It would just <laughs> be like a mess. It'd be embarrassing. It'd be embarrassing for oh, all of us. Oh, boy. Phew. Yeah. So anyway, uh, we'll see how that all shakes out, but it doesn't look great for old Michaelia. Um, she's pretty effectively just dodged this whole thing the entire time and constantly refused to answer any questions about it, uh, either that journalists were asking or even in like Senate inquiries and that sort of stuff. Yeah, I was about to make fun of your use of effectively dodged because all she's done is artlessly say, I won't talk about it, yeah. but it's been extremely effective. <laughs> Yeah, that's yep. a real loophole, I think, for Australian politicians. That yeah, it uh, turns out you can just not talk about you something. Just, no, that, I don't want to talk about that. And then it, it just seems to just go away. Well, uh, let's hope it doesn't. But to contrast this affair, uh, somebody else who's having quite a bit of trouble at the moment is Labor MP Emma Huza. Hmm. I'm saying that with a question mark at the end because I would like you guys to correct me if I'm supposed to be saying it differently. I, I think it's just like it's just like anything. We just need to choose one and stick pick, with it. Pick one and stick with it, yeah. yeah. I so, that when, it. so when all the complaints come in, they yep. only have to write one blanket complaint instead yes. of addressing our individual <laughs> mispronunciations. The 17 different wrong pronunciations. Yep. <laughs> Who's are then? We're sticking with it. Who's are? I had oh always God. thought... No, I can't introduce huzzah. complexity now. Huzzah! Huzzah. Emma Huzzah. Let's call her. I have no one to wear on. Hmm. Or Emma H. Thank you. Um, so, she is being investigated for what can only be described as a myriad. A menagerie. Uh, a cornucopia. Oh, just an absolute wild phantasmagoria. A smorgasbord. <laughs> you got any more, Theo? An absolute surplus of complaints. <laughs> yeah, look, it's... It's entirely, too many complaints. Sorry. it's entirely too many complaints. It's entirely too many complaints. It's a list that has started off and then just continued to grow. It really. defied um, my editing, um, putting it in the show notes. Um, yes, I see that you've just dumped the entire contents of no, several articles. In no, here. this is not the entire contents. <laughs> I copied and pasted the funny lines, which was probably about a third of the article, um, and it goes over... Uh, seven pages. So, uh, let's get to it. Yeah. So, um, reading here from, again, Alice Workman's excellent reporting at BuzzFeed. <clears throat> Federal Labor MP Emma Hazar is oh, being boy. investigated over allegations of workplace bullying and misconduct within her Western Sydney electorate office after a number of former staffers came forward with complaints against her. The investigation, which was commissioned by New South Wales Labor and has been running since March, is being led by barrister John Joseph Whelan and is expected to be completed within coming days. The scope of the Huzar investigation has included allegations of bullying, harassment, verbal abuse, intimidation and misuse of staff. Senior state and federal Labor figures have been aware of the allegations for over a year but did not launch an investigation until a former staff member put pressure on New South Wales head office and threatened to go public. BuzzFeed News understands Labor leader Bill Shorten was made aware of the allegations last year. Shorten's office denies this. Over 200,000 words of evidence have been given by at least 20 witnesses in the investigation so far. <laughs> so that's a, a well-liked person, I think. Hmm. I mean, yeah, um, that's 10,000 words of evidence each. Yeah. Which is a fifth of a novella. Jesus Christ. Yeah, that's like <laughs> two, two essays. <laughs> Like, why Why couldn't you just broken that down into several novels, you know? Why did it have to be novellas? Anyway. I, I don't know how long a novel is. All I know is a novella is generally about 50,000 words. That's the only thing I know about writing. Hmm. So, this next part is the part that to me was, was really the beginning of the stinky trail. Um, it is no secret in Canberra that Huzar's office has seen high staff turnover. During her two years in federal parliament, she's had more than 20 employees through her electorate office in four full-time equivalent positions. And to that I say, get fucked. So, what, what's that each, Theo? Uh, I believe that's five. Like less than two months, isn't it? Five what, sorry? Uh, it's just five. Per, per person. Five what five per, per person? person? So, five people through each of those positions over a five period of two years. Five people per person. So, on average... We're looking at people stayed for about five months each. What? 
Is God. that right? Uh-oh. Uh, somebody break out the calculator. Let's move anyway. On. <clears throat> Carl, email us. <laughs> I could hear Carl getting so mad. Look, I think I'm pretty close with this, and I don't like that you are presuming that I'm wrong based on the fact that I got every single number wrong in the last episode where I tried to do some maths. Oh, I broke out a calculator about this particular thing recently, but I'm also sure that I'm wrong because I'm wrong about anything to do with numbers. Anyway, the point is, though, that this to me was like a a very strong indication that something is wrong because if you if you told me, if I fronted up to any workplace and was doing a job interview or started working somewhere and they told me that they have not been able to keep any staff member on for longer than six months, my immediate reaction would be, oh, so this is a fucked up place to work. Because what kind of workplace cannot keep a person there for longer than six months? That is a very, very bad sign. Yeah, like generally my rule of thumb is that I kind of hit my stride at about six months. That's about how long it takes me to feel comfortable in a workplace. Yeah, as opposed to, say, you finally get out three months after deciding that this place was destroying your life. Mm. Um, so that's a, that's a bad sign to me. Does this, I don't know if this article includes the rebuttal where uh, Michaela Cash says all her staff work very hard, including doing 17-hour days. Yeah. And no, to that be was like, the, well, this is why people leave. Well, so, the, yeah, that, was another, that was another thing that's come out is, um, is well, again, Alice Workman breaking the story of um, Michaela Cash's office having a high rate of turnover and her staff apparently having to work like 17 hour days and shit like that and like Ben said her defense was my staff are hard working it's like no shit oh no shit they're working too hard it's a so, challenging environment a ch- not not everyone's cut out for it yeah guess who's doing the challenging um, so former staff have given evidence to the Whelan investigation about what they saw as Huzar's inappropriate management style and staff expectations, including requiring staff to babysit her children during and outside work hours. They also alleged staff were instructed to walk her dog and clean up its feces. You can say dog poop, it's fine, come on. Not, not, not great, but that's probably as, uh, as bad as it gets, right? Huzar currently has a stand, uh, staff member living with her who performs household and nannying duties. Mm. Mm. Former staff members claim there is a toxic environment in Huzar's electoral office. One described working with her as, quote, hell. Another said, people are just afraid to go into work. One former staff member alleges Huzar has firmly abused staff, calling them cunts and fuckwits. All right, well, you know, you have to hear the tone of voice there. Cunts. Oh, you cunts. Oh, you're a bunch of fuckwits. Ah, oh, you f- silly cunts. You cunts. You fuckwits. You f- Completely this, different. This fuckwit over here is a complete cunt. This fuckwit over here, he's a complete cunt. Yeah. Completely really- changes. It's very tone sensitive, those it two is. words. It is, but at the same time, not super appropriate workplace language, regardless of the tone. I mean, I've literally, every single time I log on at work, every single day, the first thing I say is, g'day, cunts. <laughs> yeah, look. The one tradition that I have with my working day. Hmm. Yeah, and like, so, so again, the whole like, babysitting uh, kids and walking a dog oh, and boy. all that sort of shit. Yeah, that's bad. Um, yeah, and like, I've, I've heard the defense from her office and other people that like ah oh, well she's a single mother with three kids and she needs lots of help and it's like yeah maybe maybe use some of your $200,000 a year salary to hire a fucking nanny like call me crazy call You're me crazy. fucking wild you wild but when you when you get yourself a like quarter million dollar a year salary and shitloads of entitlements and benefits and com cars and this, that, and the other. Guaranteed pension. Guaranteed pension, all mm. that shit. I kind of feel like you you have the resources to sort some of this shit out. And what what has sort of really stuck out to me about this in comparison with the Michaelia Cash thing is the reaction of, like, Labour voters online, which is to essentially say, ah, oh, this thing's all a beat up and you shouldn't be investigating this and, you know... All this kind of shit. Oh, it's all a distraction. It's all a distraction from other stuff like Michaela Cash's deal. And it's like, well, they're reporting both of them. So, 
don't really know how one's distracting from the oh. other when you're talking about them both. Man, I saw one comment today on... So this is from when Alice broke this story. So this is like her pinned tweet or whatever. And I was looking at it thinking that it was a new one. And there was a tweet with like 100 faves on there that was one of those like Dame Sir Onion whatever boomer lefty Twitter accounts being like, oh, I guess this must be the first story you've ever broken. Maybe you should consider blah, blah, blah. And it's like the fucking Michaelia Cash thing, you fucking dipshit. Oh, so like so many of the replies are like, when are you going to finally talk about the Michaelia Cash thing? It's like, she broke the story. And also is the person who has single-handedly kept the story alive. Um, and also like, oh, well, when are you, you going to talk about, you know, Malcolm Turnbull giving half a billion dollars to some four-person think tank with no other public servants present? Like, but on hey. the other hand, wouldn't it be just so nice if there was only ever one thing happening in the entire world yeah. at any one time, right? That's you just go, what? We no, we've only about. got time for this one thing. Let's just, just, let's just have this thing and then we can do... Maybe your thing. We'll have a vote, maybe, as to but, what the next thing is that we can do, but only one thing at once. But in the case of, like, almost without fail, every one of the things these people are talking about, it's fucking Alice Workman from BuzzFeed News who has broken all of these stories. It's like, how, how do you complain to this person about not giving an appropriate amount of attention to other issues? when they're the person who has brought it to your fucking attention in the first place. It's absolutely absurd. Like, there, there was another line in one of these, one of these complaints about Emma, Emma Huzar that was, like, um, saying that she, she made a male staffer, like, do her dishes in the kitchen at work and told him that it was so he could, like, learn about male privilege. And I saw, like, a whole bunch of people online going, yeah fucking tell him tell yes that, queen yes queen tell that fucking man and shit and like like with so many of these sorts of things i always wind up thinking to myself like okay but just just flip the genders around and ask yourself if you'd be happy about that story like or take out your party affiliation and ask yourself if you would be happy with your manager at work saying clean my fucking plates in the kitchen because you're below me like it's just it's just shitty abusive stuff that's all it is it's just power trip and bullshit and the extent to which people are perfectly happy to look past stuff if someone is on you know on their nominal team is fucking absurd and it's good that that's as bad as the accusations got oh wait <clears throat> Oh, wait. Hey, Labour MP Emma Huzar bragged about who she was having sex with, sexually harassed an employee, and intentionally exposed herself in front of another politician, according to allegations made by staff to New South Wales Labour investigators. I just want to say, up front, this makes me so deeply uncomfortable. Uh, not, not necessarily what she did, or what she did or didn't do, just the whole thing. I just, it's fucking... Would it help if I... If I read the article in a sexy voice. That would make it far worse. <laughs> uh, it's just, I'd like, you know, there's this whole back and forth. Uh, there's obviously a lot of witness testimony about it. Uh, the person this was directed at denied it, although I know you have some thoughts on this, Andrew. It's, but it, uh, in saying stuff like this about women's in parliament is weird, but also if she did do it, then it's fucking horrible. It, the whole thing, I just, I have I You're don't very know. uncomfortable about women's genitals got it largely yes uh, <laughs> unless a sex positive woman comes along <laughs> finally unbelievable <laughs> I just yeah <clears throat> I just I don't I find this impossible to hold an opinion on because everything about it makes me feel very uneasy yeah. well and this is kind of part of my large my larger opinion about this whole thing which is like people all seem to be taking all these sides on it and the reality of it is there is no good angle at which to view this from you know there's no there's no positive version of this story <clears throat> anyway let me let me break it down for you one staff member alleged oh, God, that, on <laughs> Jesus. that on June 19 2017 at approximately 705 p.m. That? Okay, if you're going to chuck an approximate before a time, 7.05 is... 
705 is yeah the opposite of approximation i mean that's within surely a a five minute window of how you're going to round that it's pretty precise Hmm. could approximately seven that's fine that's fine while in labor front bench adjacent claire's office Huzar performed the revealing leg-crossing move made famous by Sharon Stone in the film Basic Instinct. And this is from the report. It is alleged that you and Redacted attended Mr. Jason Clare's office of Parliament. Mr. Clare was sitting on the floor playing with his son, Redacted, alleged that he was sitting opposite you and that on three occasions you spread your legs revealing that you were not wearing any underwear. Redacted felt that your conduct was deliberate, provocative and targeted towards Mr. Clare. Well, they all learned something that day. Yeah, that's I right. would also like to point out that uh, the quotation, as it is written in the BuzzFeed article, says deliberate, proactive, and targeted towards Mr. Clare. Oh, sorry. Sorry. No, sorry, I, everybody. I th- I've misspoken. That could be... It, yeah. No, I think... Well, I, I, wonder if, I wonder if the intention of that is, um, well, I suppose to go along with deliberate, proactive, in the sense that you, you did it like to get him to look at it as opposed to just you crossed Incidental. and uncrossed your legs while not wearing underwear and he saw. Yeah. I don't know. It's just a weird, odd word to use there to my mind. But So so since this event, um, Chris Ullman, uh, fun, renewable energy hater and climate change denier, um, and whatever he is, editor, news editor at the ABC, has come out and said, I've spoken directly to Jason Clare who has flat out denied that this took place. And this kind of leads me to a larger point about this entire thing, which is, like, there are all these accusations. There's, you know, misuse of com cars, misuse of parliamentary entitlements. There's, like, using parliamentary entitlements on fucking... Um, like buying groceries and there's making your staffers clean up your dog shit and babysit your kids and do your dishes and pick up your dry cleaning and all that sort of stuff. There's sexual harassment. There's mistreating people. There's just this huge array of stuff. That, to me, coupled together with the like exceptionally high turnover rate, in my mind, turns into a bit of a no smoke without fire scenario. But also one of the things that is alleged from a bunch of people in in this investigation is we raised these concerns. We raised these concerns with the Labour Party and they didn't go anywhere. And that is a concept that does not shock me in the slightest. The idea that a major political party would shield one of its MPs from you know, having to take responsibility for this sort of behavior because otherwise they would have to go to a by-election or they would lose a seat. It's obviously a time when Labor is, you know, trying to really, really keep all their shit together leading up to an election that they have a very good chance of winning. And, yeah, like like I said, it's just wild to me the idea that they could somehow coordinate, you know, dozens of people to give hours worth of testimony about this shit and all of them have been coordinated to make it up, you know? Yeah. That shit is is pretty wild to me. The fact that Jason Clare has come out and said, oh, that never happened, that's actually in line with the idea that people at the ground level, the staffers and campaign volunteers and people who work in their office who have to suffer through an abusive boss's shit raised this and pushed it up the line where it just got smothered by people at the senior party level who said, well, we don't want to lose a seat. We don't want to have controversy in an election year, any of that sort of stuff. Jason Clare denying that any of this took place is super in line with that theory to me. Uh, that's it, it. It's like consistent with what would have led us to this situation in the first place, which is a refusal from senior leadership within the party to deal with a toxic environment and an abusive boss. I mean, even if you don't believe it's true, right? Which, you know, it's weird, but okay, you're coming at this from a different angle. Surely you have to agree that the model is broken, 
right, where there can be no internal consequences, right, unless forced because otherwise there are external consequences to it. And it just obviously there's a there's a gigantic pressure to never bring this stuff up, right? Or at least never bring it up in a in a way that's going to have public consequences yeah, um, repercussions, and, yeah. and also the entire system is is geared to basically bring psychopaths into into office right Absolutely. like the behavior of um our representatives statistically is not in line i think with with behavior out there i mean there's there's bad bosses but they're way more um, badly behaved representatives, I believe. I'm not going to look up the stats or anything. What am I? Some sort of person? But the... Sure. <laughs> uh, but, like, but, but also the amount of time that people, like, abuse their entitlements. That's right. Like, all that sort of shit. And, yeah. and like you said, you know, you're, you're being paid $200,000 plus a, a year, right? You don't need to abuse your entitlements. But if you weren't a psychopath, you probably wouldn't be in the position that you are. Right, like you're not going to become a, a politician because you want to help people or anything like that, right? Like, or at least if you do, it would have been crushed out of you, like long ago. And we're just left with um, these people that that you know almost universally. Um, you talk to like staffers, and you talk to contractors, and you talk to people that have to work um, with our MPs, and you know they will say oh no they they're just they're just huge weirdos they're insane they're like um real estate agents who got ideas above their station <laughs> god that's fucked right and how do you do it how, how do you how do you fix it i don't know yeah and like well to answer that question i think part of what needs to happen is that people need to actually be held accountable for their behavior. Oh, 100%. Like, it, it, it has to be... Obviously, the carrot's not working, right? Yeah. So, you're saying we should and try more carrots? Two, two to three times as many carrots. Yeah, like a half a dozen Ma carrots. Or, hear me out, a different kind of carrot. Mm, bigger mm. carrots. Perhaps an heirloom carrot. A different carrot. Color, different colored carrot. Mm. Um, yeah, like... Uh, and and this is the question that I would level to anybody who is obviously not listening to this podcast. Any, like, just super broken, rusted-on Labour supporter who is having a go at Alice Workman on Facebook or Twitter or whatever and saying, oh, it's a beat-up, oh, it's a distraction. What about this other stuff? What about that other stuff? I spent far too much of my day today in, like, futile attempts to sort of say to a handful of those people... Are you honestly telling me that if this litany of allegations of like misbehavior and abuse of resources and staffers were leveled at, say, Treasurer Scott Morrison, that you would be saying, oh, it's all a beat up. Let's wait until all the facts are in before, you know, we shouldn't even be investigating this. We've got bigger fish to fry. Would you honestly be saying that? And the answer is fucking of course not. Fuck off. And like... The, the reason that I think that this is a test for the Labour Party is, well, sorry, not, not just the reason that it's a test for them, but you see all these people saying, oh, well, how come we don't, you know, we're not hearing as much about the, the Michaela Cash stuff? How come we, we didn't hear as much about the Barnaby Joyce stuff? And the very obvious answer to that is because, A, the Liberal Party do not give a fuck about graft and all that sort of shit because that's 100% what they're in the game for. They are extremely good at closing ranks around their own rather than forcing them to actually take responsibility for being caught for that shit. It's been that way since, like, after John Howard was Prime Minister. You know, he got in and, like, cleaned, cleaned some people out who were caught in some obviously dodgy stuff. But look at what it's been like since then. The Liberals will absolutely not force somebody to resign unless it is either at a point where someone is having criminal charges laid against them or the public is ready to fucking hang them from a tree. Yeah, see, it's see at the Bronwyn point... Bishop and the and all the helicopter shit. For sure, it has to reach a point where it's politically expedient for them to actually take action. Yeah, it's absolutely not about morals, it's not about standards, it's not about ethics, it's not about doing the right thing. 
For them, they've realized that they can just, as we said earlier, they can just stop talking about it. Stop answering questions, close ranks about around the individual, and then, you know, if the if the fever passes and the person gets away with it, that's fine. I would I would say that it's actually like this is a test to labor to prove to people that they're worthy of governing. To prove to people that if, you know, one of your MPs has this litany of horrible accusations against them, that you actually say, well, clearly, this shit is, you know, if this shit is true, it is completely unacceptable and this person will have to resign. Let's see the results of this investigation or let's refer it to an independent third party or whatever the fuck. Point is, though, I think that part of the reason that this has stayed in the news is because Labour will actually talk about it. Like, Tanya Plibersek and Bill Shorten have both given comments on this. They have both acknowledged that it is taking place. They've both actually commented on, like, facets of the investigation and the reporting. And, like... Like I said, to me, it is just it is just a chance for them to actually contrast themselves with the Liberals. And say, we will actually do something different. We might actually act on this if it is shown that one of our own is acting in a completely vile manner. Which, to be honest, is something that I would like to see out of one of the major parties. You know, instead of them both just holding the line that, well, if neither of us ever actually act on any of this shit and punish anybody, then... Sweet. We've got a sweet stalemate, like the banks, you know? Sure. I'm a... I think another thing about this that I... wonder about, and that I think I, all the weird lefty boomers going off at Alice should be wondering about is so this her reportage report, reportage uh, whatever that word is is based on leaks right people are leaking this information to her it's not the liberal party that's leaking this to her you know like mm. this is either uh, the people that are affected by it are handing this to her or it is someone else within Labor doing this. Now, yeah, and there's, there's two distinct possibilities there. Well, three, actually. There's two distinct possibilities. One is, as we said earlier, that the people that this is affecting have repeatedly gone to their leadership who have refused to act on it. Uh, number two is that there is, you know, a, a, a factional enemy within the Labor Party, within, you know, New South Wales Labor's right, who is, you know, trying to depose her, trying to make her look bad or whatever by confecting all of this stuff and feeding it to the media. As I said earlier, I think the idea that you could get dozens of people to cooperate with an investigation and give internally consistent testimony in an order, like in order to just to discredit somebody is, that's some conspiracy theory shit to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the third option which is what I think is the most likely and realistic one, is that she's a shitty boss who mistreats people and abuses her privileges and position, and that somebody who is an, a factional enemy of her within the Labour Party has seen this cooking for as long as it has and said, I'm going to leak all of this stuff to the press so that she looks fucking terrible and gets drummed out. Yeah, I, I don't know how anyone who has had a shitty boss... Um, could look at the like kind of stuff that's being said in these cases and just go, oh no, I recognise that entirely, right? Like this is well within reason of many many bosses out there. So oh, it all it all just sounds like that shitty boss that you've had that thought that they were mates with everybody and was yeah. bragging on them and all that sort of shit. I and look, I should make the point. I am not making any kind of proclamation on this. I'm not saying I absolutely think she's guilty and did all this shit. Any of that sort of stuff. I I am merely saying that I think that it really serves to highlight the hypocrisy of supporters of the Labour Party to insist that this is a thing that's not worth investigating and that it's all smoke and no fire and that, you know, it's all a distraction from something else. Because like I said, if the if this quantity of of allegations were coming out about somebody in the Labour Party, somebody in the Greens, 
these people would be fucking lapping it up. They would be loving it. And like, if it is the third option that we were discussing, of you know, so this this is kind of this is all behavior that has um, grounding in truth and has been exposed by a factional enemy or whatever. There's actually there's a way. There's a way that you can avoid having this happen to you. And it's by not treating people like shit. It's by not actually doing the stuff in the first place to have it exposed by some political enemy of yours. I don't know about either of you guys, but I feel like if somebody commissioned an investigation to see whether or not I had bullied the living fuck out of a bunch of people I had worked with, I would feel pretty confident about how it was going to go. Hmm. Sure. Yeah, I'd be okay-ish. Probably not Theo, but Theo, I can imagine just really, oh, really bringing the hammer down. Yeah. Sexually harassing the shit out of everybody in the office. I really come out like big dick swinging at work, um, which, you know, I think it puts a lot of people off, but um, I mean, get stuff done. You don't done. care. You don't care. That's I'm, I'm friends with your boss and I know for a fact that he bullies the shit out of you. <laughs> <laughs> All right, but in a fun way. Nobody be worried about Theo. <laughs> oh, I love some Only fun I bullying. can worry about Theo. Love some fun bullying. I'm sure I've told the story before on on this show, but like there was just one time that I found out uh, way after the fact that I j- I had just been bullying somebody. <laughs> you know, uh-huh. went yeah. You think you think it's all fun, and then you find out that someone's just fucking hated this running joke the whole time. I was very sad about it. Oh, it, it, um, but I think you, the, the point is that you go, oh, that's really sad, right? Like it's, it's happened to me a bunch of times through my life. Um, and I've got, oh, um, that's actually not, you know. Oh, fuck. Not, I, the other I person thought we were having this, a laugh about that's, this that's, and that's we right. were not. And if your reaction is like, oh, no, we're just having a laugh and not, oh, I need to change the way I act, then uh, you could well be a... Fucking workplace. A politician. Hey. Oh, yeah, the other thing. And yes, obviously, Emma Huzar's reaction to all of this has been, I run a super ship-shape, ultra-professional workplace, and I'm horrified by the suggestion that I would bully or mistreat anybody. I'm super above board. Everything is ultra-sweet. Um... Yeah, like, like I said, I like like so many things. I think it would go a really long way uh, if somebody were to say, "I'm really taken aback by this stuff." I'm, you know, if I have hurt people, I'm really sorry about it. I'm going to talk to the people in my accidentally office. made someone pick up turds for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, look, look, if I've totally unintentionally made you pick up a whole bunch of pieces of dog shit with your hands or shown you my pussy a bunch of times. <laughs> oh boy. Totally accidental. Totally accidental. Um, hey, should we rattle off a few more accusations while we're here? Uh, we may as well. Let's get the Come on. Yeah, yeah, let's get to them. <clears throat> a number of employees told Whelan that Huser asked, asked them to zip up her dress, making them feel uncomfortable. Others said... Who's our purchased multiple topless firefighter calendars and placed them on employees' desks? They gotta say whether it's male or female if they're gonna. I assume it's just shirtless firefighter dudes. Uh, you would assume so. Yeah. Um, all that said, I'm I'm the worst person to talk to this shit about too because like my my like default mode for work is just just keep it normal. Like keep, it not buy, keep it breezy. I'm not, buy, I'm not buying anybody fucking firefighter calendars and shit. We don't all work at f- fun new media companies like you, Ben, where everybody's probably calling each other cunts on the group chat and showing everybody their dicks in the morning. Well, to me, this really, this is really more like my first time full, like um, my first full time job where I was in a in a warehouse, and I remember um, the. Um, one of the engineers brought in his girlfriend and the quartermaster had um, a 
uh, like a bikini. A Can I just note how great it is and how old timey it sounds that you worked in a place with a quartermaster? What the fuck yeah. is a quartermaster? Well, the thing about quartermasters is you need four of them. Um, <laughs> they're a storeman. Um, so a storeman, right? Like a, the guy that operates the forklift and stuff. Okay. I believe God. traditionally on sailing vessels, the quartermaster there was the person. Well, it was wasn't in- fucking sailing, Ben. <laughs> Anyway, the bikini. Uh, yeah, what was yeah. the so, bikini thing? So, so this guy brought in his girlfriend, and there's a bikini calendar up, and um, and uh, this guy's girlfriend complained about it, uh, and asked him to ask the guy to take it down, which he did. Uh, the the storeman said no, um, and then uh, kept it on the wall all year. Uh, and then when that year was, was over, he ripped all of the date pages off of it and stapled a new calendar to it and did that. <laughs> when I got there, when Wait, I got do you there... Mean, do you mean he put new dates on the same pictures? Yes. <laughs> it was not pictures. There was only one of them, right? Oh, that's uh, the most spiteful shit I've ever heard. When I got there, it had been up for something like five years. It was Fucking still up hell. there when I left five years later. Customizing your <laughs> bikini calendar to own the lids. Anyway, wow. so that to, to me, that is the kind of workplace. It doesn't seem like a new media place. It seems like a uh, more of a um, blue collar sort of thing. But yeah, my see, my problem is that like I I started my working life like in the public service, and they immediately like give you all the. Um, What's the word? Not the onboarding kind of stuff. The they immediately give you all of the the courses and everything on like, hey, don't show people your dick if they yeah. don't ask. Um, if somebody comes to you with a big sack with a dollar sign painted on the side, don't 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 take bribes. All that kind of sort of obvious stuff. And like, for me personally, I have just always found it so much easier in my working life to default to positions of. Like, I I would rather remove a whole bunch of kinds of, like, jokes and small talk and shit like that from my workplace vocabulary than explain what I really meant by a thing to someone who has, like, either been offended or, like, whatever it is. I just, I just find it easier to talk to people at work like they're my grandparents then <laughs> you know you know what i mean like people people are capable of modulating their behavior people are capable of filtering particular things all that sort of stuff i've just always found it easier to say like i would i would rather not be dragged into an office and told oh you made this joke and it made this person oh, yeah. comfortable or whatever i would just rather not have to deal just with it skip sort of the stuff. whole process for sure yeah, it's really fucking easy to not do any of that stuff yeah and granted, like I said, I, I think that that is very much a byproduct of the kinds of workplaces I started off working in. Um, you know, the vast majority of places I've worked in have been uh, corporate or government. So most of them have an interest in kind of getting you to, you know, keep it clean, no work and blue, all that kind of stuff. And. Uh, I, it's just not that fucking hard. It's not that hard to not call people who work under you cunts and fuckwits. You know? Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong. But what if they're really cunts and really fuckwits? Then you have to, like, manage them. <laughs> Ugh. Now, look, I've called exhausting. you in here today. I've called you in here today because I've noticed <laughs> You're being a you've huge been acting cunt like a real cunt. Wit. You've been acting like a cunt and really you've really been resembling a fuckwit so i want to know how we can work <laughs> through that today that's a really good distinction to make you've been acting like a cunt but resembling a fuckwit mm. you have mm. the actions of a cunt and the appearance of a fuckwit yeah i want to know bad combination i want to know how we can resolve this going forward how can we make you appear less of a fuckwit and get you to stop acting the cunt you know i don't know like i said this whole this whole thing whole thing just stinks to high heaven and whether or not the situation is yes she did all this shit and staff complained about it and they've had to push shit uphill until they either got no traction 
and then had to go to the fucking media to get a result, which is, again, a very realistic thing when you're talking about large corporations and governments and shit like that. Whistleblowing is a real thing because it gets fucking results. Or whether the reality is that this shit has, you know, grounding in reality and it has been leveraged by a political opponent, that doesn't give me any additional sympathy for the perpetrator. Like, the fact that it is being leveraged by someone for political gain does not make me go, oh, cool, well, that nullifies all the fucking awful shit you did to workers underneath you. Like, it doesn't magically make that shit good. Hey, uh... <laughs> yep, I agree. This, this this one's funny to me. Oh, boy. Uh, the staff member alleged that in August last year, the Labour MP, quote, rubbed her body up against him, end quote. The staff member said that Huzar had her right breast against his left shoulder and arm for 10 to 15 seconds. On another occasion in September, he alleged that Huzar had rested her right breast on his arm. Homeboy got some arm titty. Oh, I mean, uh, I, I don't know about I that. Just, I'm formally stating again for the record that I'm not going to form an opinion on this until the investigation is concluded. Oh, you're like the guy I was fighting with online today. I mean, obviously, my opinion is that the investigation should be undertaken because it sounds suspicious as hell and there are a lot of people that have backed up this. I don't think that you can have like 20 people that all have an agenda based on nothing. But also, this is just so fucking murky and weird. <laughs> yeah, it's all very bad. But, um... Oh, there was also... There's also the whole thing about, like, um... Here we go. Whelan's letter outlined serious claims from staff that Huzar allegedly misused funding and entitlements. One staff member alleged that there was, quote, money intended for other uses diverted into her personal bank account. BuzzFeed News understands several thousands of dollars were fundraised by New South Wales Labor for her election campaign and put into her personal bank account. That ain't great. That sounds bad. Sounds bad when you just say it out loud like that. Mm. <laughs> when you, yeah, when and you uh, put all those words in that order, it doesn't sound great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and like, like I said, I just... Uh, I... Again, I'm not making any kind of pronouncement of guilt. I'm certainly saying, I'm certainly agreeing with you that having dozens of people all saying the same thing about you to an investigator isn't isn't a good look. It probably doesn't bode well. Uh, again, I would be absolutely fucking shocked. Imagine if we could get, like, 20 people to go on record talking about how Theo had, like, grabbed their butts and pressed his dick up against their asshole. you know? Please don't do that. Well, Theo would have had to have met 20 people. <coughs> <coughs> I reckon Theo's met a dozen of people. Anyway. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, like, you know, whichever way it goes, the thing that really struck me about this entire ordeal has been this overwhelming suggestion from Labour supporters that this is somehow not even worth investigating or reporting on. Hmm. Particularly when you consider that the original context in which it was raised was, this has been escalated repeatedly through the party all the way up to the New South Wales Labor executive and received no reaction. Uh, so again, that makes me sort of go, well, fine, fair enough to fucking take it somewhere and try to get something to happen. But... Um, but yeah, the the whole thing to me is just the hypocrisy of insisting that it shouldn't get investigated while also saying, weren't you investigating all this other stuff? It's, it's like, almost no. like our political parties shouldn't be in charge of investigating themselves. Well, I know yeah, it's a crazy a idea. Factor. Are you a federal ICAC boomer now? <laughs> oh, I'm 100%. I've got my ICAC hat. Um, <laughs> got my little ICAC stubby cooler. Um, ready to... Get the uh, get the top down in my um, my Holden Capri convertible. <laughs> just uh, just get that ICAC merch out there at the Wazoo. For for any international listeners, the ICAC is the Independent Crime and Corruption. Oh, I thought that- sure thought that's not the localized thing that you were going to explain there. What? 
<laughs> oh, what? A Holden Capri? Was that what you thought I was going to explain? <laughs> I will not explain a Holden Capri. Please Google that if you're interested. Yeah. But, uh, but yes, there are state bodies, state anti-corruption bodies um, that investigate graft and that kind of stuff. There is nothing like that that exists at the federal level. Um, and it is the, the pet project of boomers to type in response to any of these things on Twitter. Federal ICAC now! Exclamation, exclamation, exclamation. Federal ICAC when? That's that's the meme. <laughs> when do we federal ICAC? Wait. Hmm. Folks, we got a crime pass? Oh, it is definitely not going to be related <laughs> to... Uh, the sexual harassment or bullying in the workplace or rorts one. You oh. can show your pussy to someone like Sharon Stone oh, in Jesus fucking Basic Christ. Uh, Just one person. One person, as long as nobody else sees, then trust no, me. You can, no one will believe them. Okay, no one here's, will the, believe them. here's the thing, all right? So people should be spared it mostly, except you can show it to Wayne Knight. If you find <laughs> Wayne Knight on the street... <laughs> Just go ahead and give him a glimpse. Uh, can just to close yeah. out. Hold on, we're we're an equal opportunity podcast. So if you do not have a vagina, if you have a penis instead, just slash the butthole. Oh, yeah, that sorts it out. Oh, okay, all right. But just just from experience, you got to get the leg real high. <laughs> leg real high. You got to scoop something up if you want to show the butthole. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Anyway, Ben, you were saying. I just want to read you three paragraphs from the story. And I am not going to tell you what the headline is. I'm going to give you no context for this. I'm just going to read you these three paragraphs and then smash cut the end of the podcast. Okay. Michaela Peterson eats beef three times a day. She fries it or roasts it, adds some salt and washes it down with sparkling water. And that's it. No fruits or vegetables, just meat. It's the carnivore diet, the latest food trend to sweep the internet. And the 26-year-old swears that it cured her depression and rheumatoid arthritis. <laughs> yes, she admits, it sounds absolutely insane. There is no research to back it up. And she isn't quali- <laughs> qualified to give medical diagnoses. But now she's offering Skype consultations about the diet for about $90 an hour, following in her famous dad's financial footsteps. Her father is, her dad, is Jordan um, Peterson. Uh, is dad pe- what? Yep. Fucking hell. And there we go. She's on the sea meat diet. <laughs> <laughs> All I can ever think with this sort of shit is like, what does the bathroom smell like? It's got to be like, oh, it can't be a good time. Rancid, got to be rancid. <laughs> Nothing but beef and sparkling water three times a day. God damn, lady. I, to I hope me, you're not in a share house, and I hope you're not in a share house. Her father is Jordan Peterson. Is the ultimate punchline to basically any story. <laughs> But love- this is just fucking <laughs> wild. Yeah, I'd, well, yeah, like, her father is Jordan Peterson is the ultimate punchline to any story that is like, there is no science to back this up. <laughs> oh, you see, today he was posting a bunch of shit about climate denial. Sure he was. Uh, which he was getting dunked on by even his followers for, which is pretty cool. Oh, excellent. Yeah, I, I, like, um, I like that people sort of insist that, you know, oh, well, he always falls back on the science, except for when he doesn't. Mm-hmm. Anyway, folks, uh, look, you, you never established a crime pass, Ben. I, just to flash your butthole at Wayne Knight. Oh, that- so that was not the official crime pass. I thought I was just being uh, overruled with the worst thing possible. <laughs> no, you, you, sounded like, you sounded like you had another idea. I mean, you suggested it, I think. I, I, I don't yeah. recollect that being true. I remember you saying, have the respect to shave the butthole first. Oh, that's not... Um... No, the, the crime pass for this week, which I think will only be explained theoretically if you listen to the bonus episode or if you are online, oh God. is you are allowed to break into Caleb Bod's house and steal his replica radio. His replica old-timey radio that he got for a steal. Literally fucking steal it. Take it from his fucking goddamn granny flat behind his parents' house. You're allowed to abduct Caleb Bond nope. and um, send it. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> You're allowed to abduct Caleb Bond and force him into the like the French Foreign Legion. Okay. Yeah. All right. Only the one guy though. We're being reasonable. 
<laughs> We're not kidnapping large groups of people and making them yeah. start new lives in the French Foreign Legion. We're not Boko Haram or anything. We're just we're just one man. Just one man. Punta Vista. We are not Boko Haram. <laughs> <laughs> oh, as always, folks, you can get an extra bonus episode every goddamn week from patreon.com forward slash Punta Vista. Five American dollars per month. American dollars. They will not allow us to charge you in Australian clams. Yeah, there's been a lot of talk around um, about my anthem rant. Um, people are calling mm. it the most incisive indictment um, of our times. Um, oh, we well, we, we'll maybe chuck some links to those reviews in the um, in the podcast description. Yeah, I think so. They'll be they'll be in there, um, right down the bottom. Right but you, don't look for them; they'll be right down the bottom. Yeah, but you'll be missing out uh, if you're not over on the Patreon. You'll be missing out on hearing about Theo tell you just how fucking mad he is about the extraneous bits that have been inserted into the national anthem over the last 20 to 30 years. Wow. See, I have a completely thing. Theo's a big time nationalist now. I, I have a massively different anthem rant, and it's how much I fucking hated the book Anthem by Ayn Rand. I've not right. heard of it. It's the name <laughs> of a book by Ayn Rand. <laughs> have you read it? Oh, yeah. I used to be a massive Ayn Rand fan. Oh, that's right. You were a baby libertarian. Yeah. I remember. As we all were at one point, being uh, white men. Well, I assume Theo had entirely correct politics since he was born because he's a thousand times smarter than I am. But you and I, we're dumb as shit and definitely were wrong in the past and not now. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. I remember when I first heard some Bill Hicks and got some ideas. It's just a ride, man. It is just a ride. Whoa. Oh my god! Imagine if we were all just nice to each other. You know, I can't. I'm, my face <laughs> is screwing up in a very ugly way. You know what? I'm going to drop this reference for the second time. I look like one of the members of the Lollipop Guild from The Wizard of Oz. God damn it! And it sucked so much last time. It didn't work. <laughs> I am thinking about the fucking Lollipop Guild twenty four seven. I hate those fucking screwed up faces. Ground kicking, croaky voices, fifty-year-old men disguised as children, bullshit fuckers. You know, I don't even care if they've unionized. Fuck oh. the lollipop guild. <laughs> this take is ageist. It's probably ageist. Oh, so he gets somehow. to rant about the anthem, but the moment I write about some people that are on screen for thirty seconds in a film that was made a thousand <laughs> years ago, I'm unhinged. That's right. Your words. Your words. Uh, so yeah, that's where you can catch us for extra bonus episodes. And if you wanted to, you could buy some merchandise. Bontavista.com forward slash merchandise. Uh, but if not, if you're just going to ignore that completely, then we'll see you next week. Thanks for joining us. Bye, folks. Bye. Later. Lollipop can suck my dick. Lollipop